soul. We believe you are God and in control. Welcome to the Worship Generation Radio Ministry with Pastor Joey Bram, a ministry of Worship Generation Church located in Fountain Valley, California. For more information, please visit us at www.worshipgeneration.com. We believe in the power of the gospel. We believe you can transform every soul. We believe you're the Savior. Now let's join Pastor Joey as we study through the Bible. Let the nations be glad, all his saints rejoice. How to find mercy through repentance and faith in Jesus Christ. The authority they had for wrath is the same authority we have for mercy and grace. And as they granted mercy to this man with the authority God gave them, so too we are ambassadors for Christ. We are citizens of heaven. So when you wake up in the house you're in and you have your neighbors and you have your community and you have your workplace, we are ambassadors of Christ and we have the same type of authority But we're not there to say, how do we destroy the city? We're there to say, how you can be saved. And as they had the authority to offer mercy to a condemned person, we have the authority of the church for the the keys of the kingdom have been given to us. Whatever we loosen on earth is loosened in heaven, and what's loosened in heaven is loosened in earth. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The world is filled with eight billion men of lose and women of lose, including the redeemed in this room. And that's really what this story is about. It's about finding mercy from the God of mercy. I think the church in 2021 greatly underestimates the wrath of God and the mercy of God. So easily we get scattered with inconvenience. Not you. Hopefully not me. Not us. God is shaking his church right now. First he shakes and then he judges. For Jesus said, things will be shaken and things that are solid will remain. And then we're told in Hebrews that judgment's coming and it begins where? In the house of God. If I look at the last year and a half, I would say it's a judgment. It's a shaking. And things that can fall away have fallen away. And things that are solid are remaining. If you need an excuse not to go to church anymore... (laughs) On December 31st, 2019, you found your excuses. But you're not here. You're here, which means you didn't need an excuse. And you want to be in the house of the Lord. The church has the keys to the kingdom. And even as the Israelites from the tribe of Joseph had the authority to offer this man mercy, we are the ambassadors of mercy. And as Paul said, we're pleading with people to be reconciled to God. And we might feel like we've received mercy, and I might feel like I've received mercy, but in the end, it's been so often said by people like Billy Graham and Greg Laurie, if we really believe in the wrath of God, we'd be, have much greater urgency to share Christ with other people and to humble ourselves to the benefit of other people. To really have our hearts break for the lost, like the great saints of old who changed the world and gave up so many comforts to do that. I think that really is the spirit of this church. I I believe that as a whole, most of us are very generous and very willing and care very much about our neighbors and our enemies. And if we don't, we're, we're recognizing that and we're growing and trying to go forward from that.
All I know is when I look at this text, they had the authority to grant mercy, and the church has the great commission to declare mercy, that people can find mercy. We offer mercy. Jesus, when we offer Jesus, we are offering the man of lose and the woman of lose mercy and an escape from wrath and condemnation and death. Another thing we see here, so we offer the mercy, but we see there has to be an action response to mercy. For in verse 25, it says that he showed them the entrance to the city. We talk about when the gospel is preached, there's an urgency. Now, last Sunday during the Harvest Crusade, God bless great glory, but during the Harvest Crusade, we had one of our congregants were there, and they kept sending myself and Jennifer photos. They were there early for the meeting for the, you know, the, the ushers and stuff, and then they showed Phil Wickham warming up, and then they showed the place full, and then they showed the thousands of people on the field. It was, I felt like I was there. I mean, you could have watched online. We all know that. You can go Google it and watch it online if you want to tonight. But someone was sharing with us the Harvest Crusade through their eyes as they were serving Jesus at it. And it was very special to me and my wife last Sunday. It was very special indeed. And when Greg Laurie brought the gospel to a head there at Anaheim Stadium, even as Billy Graham did and Billy Sunday and D.L. Moody and Charles Finney and so many others, Amy Carmichael, Elizabeth Elliott, all these different wonderful men and women that precede us in time, space, and matter, missionaries, evangelists, prophets, prophetesses. When the gospels preach, there is a need for action and response with urgency. And this man... Verse 25, he showed them the entrance to the city. Let's ask ourselves, what would have happened had this man not showed them the entrance to the city? He and his family would have perished with the city. On this day, a doomed man under wrath comes upon a situation where the people of promise are there, and they're like, hey, we're offering you mercy right now. And he recognized it, the urgency of it, And he responded with urgency. He did the one thing that he needed to do. And so often when you think about things like the Harvest Crusade or when people go forward or say a prayer, when you say, hey, you bring them to an apex or the high tide line, would you like to receive Christ right now? I've done many altar calls under many different circumstances with many different people, even around the world. And you present the gospel and you you bring them to an apex. When D.L. Moody shared the gospel of Jesus Christ with the people of Chicago, there's a particular night he did it, the famous evangelist, and even now the, the Moody Bible Institute still in Chicago, and he preached the gospel, and he said, come back tomorrow, and we'll finish this sermon. That night was the famous Chicago fire. Mrs. O'Leary's cow, and the rest is history. There was no church on tomorrow. There was no day two of the crusade. It's kind of like the air show last week, right? I was so pumped for Sunday to go see the air show all day Sunday. All it takes is the wrong button being pushed on an oil derrick and there's no air show, there's no surfing, there's nobody on the beach a week later. It's like that, like, you're like, oh, we can go to the air show tomorrow and in fact, Sam was going to go on Sunday. I had him so pumped up Saturday night. Dude, it's the best. Blue Angels, it's like, oh, it's the best. I don't even know how to describe it. You got to be there when they come over the power plant. It's just like, and he was so pumped. He was coming to our house. I had the beach umbrella for him. I had everything. I was going to drop him off. I, I, I had him all set up right there at Newland. It was like, going to happen. And at 7 in the morning, I found out there's no air show. The day to go to the air show in 2021 was Friday or Saturday. And you thought it was going to be there Sunday, but was it there Sunday? 
I picked up my dad at convalescent living at 10.30 in the morning, drove on PCH. I, I wanted to see what the beach looked like empty. It wasn't empty because 50,000 people came from the Inland Empire thinking they're going to go to the air show. And by noon, they're all cleared off the beach. I sat there at 17th Street, all these people with their kids and everything and their flags and their beach chairs. They're no air show. And you're going to get run off this beach because of the oil spill. That's what it's going to be like for people with eternity. Their chance for the gospel was on Saturday, not Sunday. That's why the Bible says today is the day of salvation, not tomorrow. That's why the apex of people making a decision for Christ, or we encourage people and we invite them, we don't save anybody. See, this is where it's good to understand the sovereignty of God. He chooses to work through human beings, but he closes the deal. His word works in people's hearts, piercing bone and marrow, soul and spirit, like the man of Luz. I don't have to win anybody. I don't need to win any arguments. I don't need to do anything. I need to present Jesus. And if I'm a fool, I'm a fool. If that's what they think, that's what they think. But Christ uses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And people get saved. To those who are perishing, it's foolishness. But to us who are being saved, he's precious. He's the Savior. We need urgency. I need urgency. Because we think people get to go to the air show tomorrow, and we promise them a beach umbrella and to park at our house and a ride to the beach. But they may not have an air show tomorrow. This was the day that you need to go to the air show on Friday or Saturday. And you think it's going to be there tomorrow, but it's not. And that's the way it was for the man from Luz. He couldn't say, can I go home and think about this offer of mercy? Can I discuss it with my wife? Take a straw poll of my teenage kids and see if they're on board with this plan? (laughs) They know what's going on. Kind of sell it to them, frame it a certain way, get their buy-in. Can I go get my neighbor's opinion? Like, what are the chances that the tribe of Joseph really is going to roll us I mean, how do we really know it's true? Just because God was faithful to destroy Jericho doesn't mean he's going to be faithful to destroy Luz. Like, you see how you can talk yourself out of... Like, urgency is the moment. When my wife gave her life to Christ, and I was there before she was my wife, and a bunch of the surfers responded to this gospel message from my testimony and Brian Broderson preaching the gospel... They responded, and I watched her respond. And today's her birthday, and I've been thinking about this. She's never looked back or double clutch from that moment. She was the woman at the city of Luz, 21 in the flower of her youth. And she heard the gospel, and she fled to the place of mercy. And she made that definitive decision that changed her life. And I'm Bless for it. The apex, the flashpoint. This is the day the Lord has made. Give us this day our daily bread. Today is the day of salvation. The man from Luz responded with urgency. We need to be moved with urgency. And we need to pray and love and share with urgency. Not panic. Because one plants and other waters, and the Lord gives the increase. But we, we need to have urgency with eternity. We need to have urgency with the mercy of God. Because the moment someone steps into eternity, there is no second chance for the mercy of God. It's only in time, space, and matter. It's this day. And this man responded. He responded with no looking back. 
when mercy was offered on the cusp of wrath and judgment in time, space, and matter, he responded with urgency. You know, Noah was a preacher of righteousness to his generation. He probably preached till the day he went in the ark. Nobody responded, although there's interesting words about Noah preaching to the dead in 1 Peter that I've never understood. I still don't understand. I just reread it. I don't quite understand that passage. It's a tricky passage. When Abraham pleaded for Sodom and Gomorrah under the wrath, the angels went to deliver Lot, his nephew, and they thought he was joking. But it happened, and the angels actually had to grab him to pull him out of the city to save his life. And again, as I mentioned earlier, this planet's under the wrath, and the time of mercy is on the clock. And as people mock the return of the Lord, as people mock the church, as people make fun of Christians in almost every form of society, always negative. But a couple things to think about this. First, Second Peter chapter 3 tells us, as people mock the return of the Lord, as they mock his coming, we're told, don't forget this, one day is a, day is, is a thousand years with the Lord. And he's not slack concerning his coming. But long-suffering, he is merciful. So as a world mocks Christians, blames Christians for everything wrong on planet Earth in 2021, know this, Jesus is coming. And the time of grace and mercy is on the clock. And we cannot let persecution, slander, and malice against the followers of Christ, keep us from being the followers of Christ the way we're meant to be. YouTube has all kinds of these videos that play like Bible verses with soft music for like 10 hours if you want to do that. It's very peaceful sleeping. Now the ear pods, I put them in, it's, oh, this one, eight hours is Bible verses all night long while I'm sleeping. And one of these, one of these ones that I got it, uh, that I listen to, and it's like this soft voice. You can get the woman's voice. You can get the old, like the old guy voice, the younger guy voice. This voice is like this, this. So it starts with Psalm 37. So it, in the middle of the night when I go to sleep, whenever that is, it says, uh, it, it starts with this. But I want to read to you this, this passage from Psalm 37. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way. Because the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret. It only causes harm. For evildoers shall be cut off. But those who wait on the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. For yet a little while, and the wicked shall be no more. Indeed, you will look carefully for his place, but he shall be no more. But the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of his peace. Nighty night. That's where it's going. So don't fret because of the evildoer. They're under wrath. Don't let them stir you up. We're not appointed to wrath. We're delivered from wrath, the church. And we want to encourage people under wrath to pass from wrath to justification. That's what we want to see happen. But they got to be brought to an apex. I thought of the people of the Harvest Crusade that went forward, and I thought... How many of those people are going to die in the next year? How important was it for them to respond that night? Right? 
thousands of people went forward. You're going to tell me those thousands of people, at least mathematically, just looking at the age and doing demographics, for sure. Some of those people that, for the first time, heard the gospel and went down on the field, fleeing the wrath to come, they pass from death to life, and they are stepping into eternity. They're not going to get to go build another lose, city of lose. All they can do is save themselves and maybe their family. Which brings us to the final point of tonight. The legacy of mercy. So we have the offer of mercy through Jesus Christ. We have the action to respond to mercy through the man of lose and grabbing it and the urgency and the reality of the gospel. But then we have this last thing, the legacy of mercy. So the legacy of mercy for this man of lose is that he and his family, they let go. It's like the Philippian jailer. What must I do to be saved? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you and your family. They were, it's like Cornelius' household in Acts 10 when Peter's preaching. The Holy Spirit fell. They believed. They got saved. They got baptized. So the first great thing of mercy, of course, is the passing from death to life and from the wrath to justification. From Adam for all sin and die to in Christ where all are justified and made alive. To be born again. To be a new creation. But then... For we're not saved by works, but we are his workmanship. For it's God who wills and works in us for his good pleasure. This man from Luz, he goes out and he builds a city. He builds a city and calls it Luz. So this is what we're really talking about on Tuesday night. So we're going to close tonight really thinking about this for a few moments. He had a second chance. This man had a second chance in life. Max Lucado, the famous author, had written in a book years ago, and he called he had this chapter called A Little Bit of Hanging, where you almost die. Like maybe there's an accident and other people were killed in the car, but you walked away. That happens. Like there's there's I think there's like a TV show on Amazon Prime or something, like I survived. So like everyone drowned on a ship except you, everyone died on a plane except you. And what's it like to be the survivor? That's this guy. That's the man from Luz. The whole city went up. His neighbors died like planet Earth. It was there, and he heard, and he responded. He got out of Sodom and Gomorrah before the brimstone fell. He got a second chance on life with God. Now, we have cancer survivors. That's a second chance. If you had cancer and you survived cancer, you get follow-up treatments and stuff like that, but you get a second chance. When we survived, what did we do? When the people came back from the prison camps in Japan, what did we do? Louis Zamperini gave his life to Christ and changed the world, right? Unbroken, the movie, the life, the book. When you beat death, when you dodge a bullet, what do you do? You find in near-death experiences, some people just don't even take life seriously anymore and they go completely the wrong way. You think they get serious about seeing God? They do the exact opposite. It's intrigue and be merry for tomorrow we die. But the man from Luz was not like that. He got very serious about life. And he did something that we don't, know, we don't know what this man was like. Was this man involved in the city council? Was he an elder in the gates of the city? Was he friends with the mayor? Did he hate the mayor? Did he have fights with the mayor? Was he as idolatrous as his neighbors? Did he offer up children? Was he sexually perverse without restraint? We don't know. He's just the man from Luz walking out that found mercy on the day of the Lord and the day of mercy. That's who he is. But we do know is his legacy is his 
obedience and right response to mercy. Because remember, the tribe of Joseph, the Lord was with them, offering it to him. That he did change his life. He did do the one thing he needed to do. It saved him. It saved his family. And then with the rest of his life, he did something worth doing. He rebuilt a city. The city that was destroyed under wrath, he built again. Now, we don't know if it was a great city or a bad city or whatever. We just know it was the city of second chance. That's what it was. And my life, your life in Christ, is the life of second chance. It's the life of second chances. I had a gun pointed to my head when I was 19 in a robbery. To my head, I had to lay on the ground with a gun to the back of my head. I was in the open ocean in 50-foot seas, and I took, tried to take my life once and ended up in a straitjacket. I can think of three times where for sure I got a get-out-of-jail card and got a second chance on life. And you all know me well enough to know I am so grateful that I obeyed my calling into ministry. He is no fool who gives it that which he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. And what a rich, wonderful life. You know the Sweetens. Many of you know the Sweetens. Uh, Noah Sweeten, the oldest, is in Virginia Beach now with the Coast Guard, and he's looking for a church. And they texted me, hey, can you give us the church? And so I texted him, you know, the two churches where the former congregation I pastored is at. Christ Community Church with Jimmy Coates, and then uh, Calvary Chapel, Virginia Beach with Thomas Powell. And you know, I cried when I wrote the text today. Because I'm just so happy. 30 plus years ago, my wife and I moved to Virginia Beach, had lots of children, served the Lord, and a good seed remains. I built a city in Virginia Beach. And I have a place to tell Noah, Sweeten, and his beautiful wife in his new career in the Coast Guard, they go be with Jimmy and Dee Coates, who love me and Jennifer so much. They can be Jim O'Connor and Pam O'Connor, who planted the church in Vermont with us. I said, when you go to the church down there, you, go for, you see who Jim O'Connor is, and he's as different from me as anyone you'll ever meet. But just know this, he's WG. That's what I said, and that's all the Sweetens need to know. He's WG. That's like the code, like they know. You go see Thomas Powell over by Regent University, you'll see the Stainbacks and Bo Whittington, one of our deacons. See, that's what the second chance gives you. It's what it gave me. When we give our life to Christ, our life is no longer our own. And the story we would have written in the city of Luz, in black and white, in unbelief, under wrath, it gives way to the city of glorious color. The city birthed from mercy received and mercy applied. Lives saved and a second chance. And so I would just really bring us all to head with this key thought that every day is an opportunity to build the better city than the one that we escaped from. That's what I learned from the man from Luz. That when we receive mercy in Jesus Christ... And we have that calling from Jesus Christ to serve as a pastor, to serve as a deacon, to serve in the children's ministry, to put to do words on the screen, whatever it is we might do, to serve people in Jesus' name. You are building a better city than the one that was destroyed. You've passed from death to life. You've passed from the city of doom to the city of city of gold, the New Jerusalem. And everything we're letting God do in and through our lives in 2021. It's the good work of the glorious kingdom. The new city of Luz for us is the work of God in and through our lives 
and then we step into eternity. So let him build. And I would say get after it too. I mean, a man from Luz could just go like, oh man, we dodged a bullet. Let's go live with Uncle Canaanite up there and just get drunk. He said, no, we dodged a bullet. Let's build this city again. Let's build it all over. Let's build it better. And 400 years later, that city was still there. We want the legacy of our life touched by the grace of Jesus Christ under the mercy of Jesus Christ to well outlast us as a testament that God is faithful to his people who look to him and trust in him. Let the Lord Jesus Christ build that city through you, the city that eyes not seen or ear heard that he's prepared for you to make your life completely fulfilled in what you're meant to be until you breathe your last for all eternity. That's the lesson from the man from Luz. He became a better man. He built a better city. And he had a better story for it. Let God write it. You've been listening to the Worship Generation Radio Ministry with Pastor Joey Brandt. If you would like more information about the ministry of Worship Generation, visit us online at www.worshipgeneration.com, where you can listen to the podcast of today's entire message. Worship Generation is located at 10350 Ellis Avenue in Fountain Valley, California. Our service times are Saturday evenings at 6 p.m. and Tuesdays at 7 p.m. And also follow Pastor Joey on Instagram under the tag name at Joey Brand. Thanks for listening and God bless. Not ashamed of the gospel. Not ashamed, not ashamed of the one I love. Not ashamed, not ashamed.